So, welcome back to the seventh episode of the Don't Think Limits podcast. And today's guest is James Power. Um, I've only literally met this guy recently through Instagram, but he was requested to go on this podcast. And I just started looking at some of his stuff on social media and I knew straight away that he would be the perfect fit for the Don't Think Limits podcast as it's all about mindset and business as well. Um, so do you want to just maybe tell people a bit about yourself and what you're about, what you do, and obviously some of the titles and stuff you've gained as well? Yeah, no worries. Um, my name is James Power. I'm the youngest Irish professional boxer in history. I'm also the first Irish person to turn professional under the age of 18. Um, I suppose what makes my story more interesting is I turned professional at the beginning of sixth year. So I balanced a professional career and my leave insert for the duration of that year. Yeah, and how how like how hard was it balancing the two of them and you know, trying to like I suppose go after your dream and passion and then trying to do like a leave insert that you probably don't even see the kind of use in it with Well, the leave insert is it's incredibly important and anyone that says it's not it's kind of you know they're just looking for an excuse um education is obviously an important thing to have and the leave insert well it's a big part of education but i didn't find it much more difficult if i'm being honest because i balanced you know a career um in boxing and my school work for my whole life i began boxing at the age of nine and, you know, it's been my entire life since. All I've known is school, coming home, going training and going to bed. So turning professional and the work that that involved, you know, I I, I suppose I handled that my entire life. So it wasn't much different. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, talking about education and stuff, because I know you said the, the leaving cert is, like, really important and stuff. And like I, I dropped out of school when I was in fifth year LCA and from my point of view, like I actually like I'm nearly very against the education system because I know yourself, you read a lot of uh, self-development books and mindset books and stuff like, you know, a lot of those books you read and I, I read a lot of them as well. I actually think that these are the type of books that we should be taught in school because I think school doesn't teach you a lot of the things you actually really need to know for life. Like one thing I figured out with myself is that a lot of the things I learned in school, I haven't even used um, a lot of them in, in my life right now, you know, like obviously look like reading and maths and all that kind of stuff. Yes. But you know, a lot of the other stuff um, we, we kind of learn. What's your whole opinion on, like the education system versus like, you know, the self-development books and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I get what you're saying 100%. Uh, listen, school's not the be-all and end-all. It's not something that's going to, you know, if you're bad at school, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be bad at life. But I found education was important and it is in certain areas. Like if you're going to become a doctor or someone, you know, an engineer or someone like that I think education is very important but you know I know a lot of entrepreneurs and people that as you said haven't used a thing that they learned in school like the history and geography and all that stuff and they're still very successful in life so I think it depends on everyone individually and that's something that school 
mightn't take into account and consideration as much as it should that everyone's different and you can't just set everyone out with the same I suppose course and the same schedule and expect everyone to have the same results but I still believe that it's it's an important thing that everyone should go through and I suppose do their best at and that's all they can do yeah definitely 100% and um, I just wish that you know some of these books that like I read now in the course I do I just wish we like like we were taught some of those in school um because like you know when I was in school I literally failed like all subjects and stuff and I was never really good at school but then when I went out of school and I got into business and you know I started making money and different stuff you know when I was in school I felt like I was a failure but then when I started going into this whole new world of like self-development and learning tools that we actually need for life I was like you know what I'm actually really smart you know so I think there's people that are kind of school smart and then there's people that are kind of life smart as well. And like you just said there, you know, if you want to become a doctor or some of those things, obviously you need school for that. But um, I think a lot of people, you know, go off different routes and stuff as well. And I suppose they're, some... They're very successful, yeah. Yeah. I guess. But again, everyone's individual and I suppose you kind of have to take that into consideration, you know, that some people are better self-taught than sitting in a classroom all day but you know that's down to each person yeah definitely 100% man um you know you turning professional um you were the first obviously boxer to turn professional under the age of 18 what what did you have to do to get there or did you always have a I suppose a vision that you wanted to turn professional under the age of 18 was this always your dream and your goal or did it just happen like naturally it was always my goal and dream and plan to turn professional um i never had in my head under the age of 18 because to do so you have to go to mexico or puerto rico or a few other countries because the age to turn professional is over 18 in most countries so that was never even a thought. Um, but I always wanted to turn pro. I think since I was 10 or 11, it was always my dream. When anyone asked me what I wanted to do, it was to become a professional boxer. And then um, I was chatting to someone. It just came up in conversation. They said, do you still want to be a professional boxer? And I said, of course. It's been my lifelong goal. Um, I'm just waiting for the opportunity to turn pro. And they said, "What? why are you waiting? What's wrong? And I said, I have to wait until I'm 18 because that's the legal age. They said, so why can't you turn underage? And I said, you'd have to go to Mexico. And they said, why don't you just do that? So then that kind of strikes, I suppose, ignited a spark and started this whole thing. So I started looking into it and I realized that no Irish person had ever done it before. And that's something that drew me straight to it because it's a different path in life. It's something that I can call my own. I'm the first person to do this and you know, it's a risk, but I like that. The authentic side of it, I like that, and it drew me to it. So um, there was no blueprint to it. I had to reach out to certain people that in the boxing scene that were familiar with, I suppose, getting fighters' um, licenses and things like that. And they got in touch with the Mexican Boxing Commission, and... In September, I think it was September 20th or 21st or something, I left Dublin 
traveled to um, Los Angeles, drove across the border, um, collected my professional license on the 23rd and fought on the 24th. And I was, I came home and I was in school um, one or two days later, um, beginning my leaving circuit. career. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you were saying there you kind of took a risk and stuff going over to Mexico and stuff. What, you know, obviously you gained uh, that title and stuff. What else, what other opportunities maybe opened up after you taking that little risk as well? Like what other paths opened up for you after that? Well, I suppose it's you're introducing yourself to the professional side of the sport. So with that, you're leaving the amateur career behind which is something i had to take into consideration and think about deeply that i can't compete as an amateur anymore and it's a step up you know i'm at the age of 17 i'm stepping up and jumping into the men's side of the sport so the opportunities opened up were just professional opportunities you know you're in the limelight more because um of the way i done it i was in the public eye especially being a student at the time it, it just opened up different pathways, but you know I still struggled. Um, I only recently signed a managerial contract. Um, I received a lot of offers and a lot I am grateful for, but in my situation, it just wasn't ideal. You know I was I'm I'm still am living in Cork, and there's no professional gyms located around where I live, so I had to travel to Dublin. Um, every weekend to train with P. Taylor, who's father K. Taylor, um, every Saturday and train myself Monday to Friday. So that's not ideal for a young professional athlete or any athlete looking to move up in the world. So a lot of, I suppose, doors opened, but a lot of difficulties arose as well. But that's just part of it, isn't it? You're not going to, I suppose, it's not going to be all sunshine and rainbows. You're going to have to deal with that little bit of um, obstacles and adversity in life exactly yeah I love it because um, you know I often have people on this podcast and they talk about taking risks and stuff and obviously you know like some people take risks and you know they fail and you know they take many risks and fail but then they, they take that one big risk and they succeed and they go big so I love to see how you know by you saying you took a risk and you went over there you know a whole different I suppose Pat um, opened up for you and stuff as well and but obviously then uh, you know the kind of dark side to it then you had to um, you had to think about different things you had as well um, you know I suppose moving on to kind of the mindset thing like how important is your mindset to you when you're training when you're in the ring when you're preparing for a fight and stuff let's talk maybe more about that because I know you do a lot of work on your mindset as well yeah, of course. You know, mindset's everything. Um, I'm a big believer in mental fortitude and I suppose mental toughness, your will, that if you approach something with a positive mindset and I suppose that kind of attitude that you're going to succeed, then I believe that it will happen. Um, I'm a big believer in your mind gives in before your body does and if you can unlock, I suppose, that potential in your mental strength, then you can accomplish more things than you thought possible. So, you know, when I'm getting into the ring, I can't have any doubts. Um, if I if I do have doubts or if I have insecurities or anything like that, they're going to become exposed as weaknesses when the fight gets tough. And, you know, 
adversity reveals character and that's going to happen in the ring so if you take time building that mental strength well then it's not going to come out as a weakness later on yeah definitely i love when you said there your mind gives up before your body and that's actually something i've been saying for quite a while myself um i i really do believe in that as well um that you know your your mind because i think like I think the mind is such a powerful thing that not many people actually study and it's nearly all we have. Um, it literally controls us as like controls our whole life. Like, you know, I always say that, you know, your mind can create you the most successful person or it can also ruin you and uh, bring you to depression and suicide and stuff as well. So I, I love I love when you said um, that that kind of phrase and stuff as well. Um, 100% and if you look at like people like David Goggins for example who's devoted his life to showing the power of your mind and your mental strength then you know it's it's there the blueprint's there you're just gonna follow in their footsteps if you look at every athlete that has succeeded you know from LeBron James to Muhammad Ali they all had that incredible mental fortitude and mental strength and you know it's proved you know it's, it's a proven fact that your mind is a big, I suppose, part of success. Yeah, 100%, man. And, you know, I suppose, um, just say the likes of, um, I know, Conor McGregor and stuff, he talked a lot about, obviously, law of attraction and visualization and stuff. Would you kind of do the same approach and stuff, like where you'd visualize yourself in what round you're going to win in and all this stuff is is that the kind of approach you take to it or do you just go in there with a positive mindset and that's kind of it like what's what's your approach to leading up to a fight like would you visualize yourself um knocking him out because i know like a lot of your uh fights you ended with knockouts and stuff what's your whole approach to it well i suppose there's two ways to look at that um and i kind of try and apply it to all aspects of life you can do it from the very specific points like Conor McGregor where he's visualizing the ring and how the ring feels and the atmosphere there. And I do that like on f like the night before the fight or the morning of you go down, you get in the ring, you see the atmosphere or the uh, area, the event, and you kind of, it, it's, you've been there before. But if you just visualize the fight itself, like weeks before and you kind of get more familiar with it and it's not a shock but to apply it to just everyday life it's easy to spot a yellow car when you're thinking about a yellow car you know it's easy to be positive and look and see like opportunities and the good and everything when you're thinking about those so I think there's two different routes and ways you can approach that but I definitely try my best to do it and use visualization and as you said the law of attraction and stuff like that to my own life yeah definitely and you know when was the first time i suppose you were introduced to all this or as you kind of got coached and stuff your trainers were like look you should look into some of these stuff or did you just i suppose watch boxers and kickboxers and people like that and you just heard them talking about it so you just kind of got into all that through them i suppose it comes back to the the point you made at the beginning of the podcast where you learn by yourself a lot more like outside of school and stuff like that self-development and you know self-thought kind of things and 
that's something that I kind of stumbled across, I suppose. And the people I surround myself with as well. You know, I'm very grateful and proud to have the team I have around me. From the lads at XC Fitness, you know, Josh Tanyan's a big believer in what we're speaking about here. And he's kind of helped reinforce that mindset in me. But it's just even family members, you know, my mother and all that, staying positive and visualizing it. My coaches, you know, I, I'm trained by Courage Shabalala, who's a former heavyweight, and he believes in visualization. And just, I suppose, you take things from everyone. And that's something I live by, you know, everyone has something you can learn. And I suppose you can learn from everyone and take some things in, apply them to your own life, try them out. If they work, keep them there. And if they don't, you know, put them in the back of your mind. Exactly, yeah. Um, I think, you know, you can learn something from everyone, but I think, you know, you have to create your own self as well. You know, you can get all these tips and tricks off everyone, but if I think you just have to find yourself and find what works for you as well. Because I know, like... A lot of the time I've tried stuff um, that people recommended and I suppose they didn't like suit me, but they suited like one of my friends or something. So I suppose you have to create your own self with all these little tools and stuff as well and find your, I suppose, true self and stuff as well in all that. Absolutely. Um, so how do you stay disciplined then? Because I know discipline is a big thing in boxing and everything you do as well. So like, how would you stay disciplined to, you know eat the right meals or you know train up to your standard and stuff what's your whole um what's your whole story to that to like discipline and stuff um i think a big part of it is the mindset i was given as a child i suppose and the people like my family and stuff like that Whereas I never struggled with discipline or dedication or motivation or anything like that because I believe it's a, simply a decision. You know, you decide if you're going to do something, do it. And if you're not going to do something, then forget about it. And that's just my mentality my whole life that, you know, if I'm doing something, I'm going all in or I'm getting all out. And people might like it and people might, you know, believe in it and think the same way. But... That, that's just my mentality, you know, when I was in training, you're training twice, three times a day, six days a week, um, sprints at the morning, you know, half four, five a.m., and you just have to keep telling yourself, no one can do the work for you, you know, it's an overused cliche that it's your life and no one can, I suppose, live it for you, but it's one that's valid, you know, you have to put in the work, you have to show up day in, day out week after week, month after month, year after year, and it's going to show who done it. But I, I believe that motivation and discipline and all that is simply a decision. That if you really want to do something, you go out and do it. And if you're undisciplined or undedicated or whatever, it's simply because you didn't want to do it. That's just <laughs> that's just the way I look at things and the way I think and you know, that's helped me throughout the past couple of years yeah definitely i definitely agree with that as well you know like you can watch like all these motivational videos and stuff like that but again it's like you said that word decision it's your decision to you know after you watch that video or when you're watching or whatever to get up do that workout or whatever it is so i definitely think it all starts with a decision and stuff as well so i suppose what does your routine look like then um you know 
what you do from the minute you get up get up um until the minute you go to sleep like what do your days look like obviously training as a professional athlete now um you know most days are the same um sundays arrested um monday to saturday you have two or three training sessions depending on the day you know you're boxing every day um and then you sprints or general road work you've sprint and conditioning um there's a lot of training, a lot of, I suppose, work goes in. And then recovery is a massive part. You know, you ha- if you're not recovering right, you can't train right. And your body's just not going to be prepared. Um, you know, stretching, a couple of hours stretching, uh, deep tissue massages. Um, you know, I haven't used cryo yet, but I've done a few ice baths. You know, different things like that. Basically, if you're a professional athlete, you have one job, and that's to be in peak physical condition. That's basically it, you know, you train as hard as you can, you recover as well as you can, you eat as healthily as you can, and you do that for the duration of training camp. Exactly, yeah. Um, I know you mentioned cold showers and stuff, so you, you haven't started those fully yet, have you? Uh, I haven't tried cryo, you know, cryotherapy. Cryo, no, I don't think I've heard of that one actually, it's what's basically that? Like, it's basically like the opposite to a sauna, so instead of intense heat it's intense cold ah it's it's and it's just it's just another recovery kind of tool i suppose but i have to try it out i see a few athletes using it it's very big in um california at the moment so i have to try that out but like ice baths and stuff you know I, i've tried those saunas obviously deep tissue i find amazing but they're all just little things that can just give you that competitive edge even if it's just one percent it matters in the long term yeah, definitely. I I do um a lot of cold showers and stuff myself. We actually recently just got a pool there, so I'm gonna try to jump into it um at five a.m. every morning to to kind of give myself um a bit of a wake up. Some but, Wim Hof stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, who would be your biggest inspiration, actually? Um, I don't think there's one individual. Uh, we kind of already spoke about it, where you can take something from everyone. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I look up to a lot of athletes, you know, like boxers, you know, um, Canelo is massive, you know, there's a lot of big names out there. But I think I find a lot of inspiration in different sports. Endurance athletes, for one, I find them fascinating, you know, their mindset and mentality, you know, when they're running like enduro mans, we say, for instance, which is like 200 miles and stuff like that. Um, you know, but all, I think all exceptional athletes and dominant athletes have things in common. You know, their mindset being one of those, um, the last answers out on Netflix now for anyone that's looking to have an insight into the mindset of, in my opinion, the most dominant athlete that's ever lived, LeBron James. So just, I suppose, studying different athletes and getting inspiration from each one of them and trying to apply it to my own life. But I, I find they all have something in common, and that's their mindset and work ethic, by the way. Exactly, yeah. Um, I I go through phases of listening to different people, but if I'm listening to someone, I tend to like listen to them for a few weeks, and then, you know, I yeah. listen to someone else. I'm sure you're probably the same. You know, but I suppose from two young people, because like, I'm, I'm actually 18 myself, and you're 19 now, what, like, how would you 
like what way would you describe to people on improving their mindset and training their mindset to have a strong mindset to you know not being able to give up on whatever they want to do in life whether it's a sport or it's a business or whatever like what's what's your kind of tips on improving uh, a mindset and stuff and some, something that you've done as well yeah I've been asked this a lot um, in the past and a lot more recently to be honest I say you have as well and it's kind of a difficult thing to put into words isn't it like yeah. how to improve your mindset um, I think it's just little things I don't think you can just start today and it's improved tomorrow I think it's gradually over time you're you're like developing that strength and that mental will. Um, you know, I think the people you surround yourself with is a massive influence. I know that when I started surrounding myself with better people that fit my future and not the past, and that my life improved. You know that when you involve, and then again when you involve or when you evolve, the people around you evolve too. And I think you all just better each other. But I think from my own life and my own point of view, it's definitely my team. You know, when I joined XC Fitness, um, Aaron Cooney brought me in. You know, I had Josh Tanyan, uh, Leon Lynch, even their whole team, um, my trainers in boxing, my manager now, you know. I'm very selective with what, who and what I invest my time and energy into. And I... I'm confident that the people I have around me now, you know, they're the right people I have behind me and they'll help me moving forward. Um, but little things, you know, like we, we spoke about looking at athletes and studying them and listening to positive influences. And a good thing with, I suppose, social media now and podcasts and little things like that is you can choose to surround yourself with people that you would have never had spoke to in, you know, a million years before like you can turn on a podcast now and listen to anyone in the world really and that kind of goes into who you're showing yourself with as well you know that environment on social media you know you choose that and if it's positive it's going to give you a more positive life exactly man i love you know i suppose when you were saying you probably get that asked this a lot and i definitely agree with you on the little things um you know the like you didn't become a professional boxer overnight. It's all those little training sessions yeah. that you done leading up to that, uh, which which is what matters, you know, like my own brand that I built, you know, that didn't happen overnight. I think nothing really happens overnight unless you go on um, Love Island and become famous yeah. overnight. <laughs> but, but everyone, everyone wants that quick fix. And that's why things like, you know, six minute abs and, you know, lose 10 kilo in 10 hours and, all these little things are so big in our world today because everyone's obsessed with those quick fixes, those overnight success stories and things like that. When in reality, it's, it's over time, it's duration. You do little things every day and it's better than doing a big thing one day and not doing it for the rest of the month, you know. So just building that mental strength, it's just it takes time, but it will eventually pay off yeah definitely and you know again repetition is a big part of that as well like you say you're trained day in and day out and stuff you know you can't just show up once a week and go absolutely 
go all out and yeah. puke at the end of the session and go, do you know what? That's actually made up for my whole week. Like, you know, it doesn't work that way as well. Consistency is key. You're down yeah, right. Definitely. Um, you know, but you, you mentioned a lot there um, about the people you surround yourself with and stuff. And funny enough, we have a lot in common um, because I'm also a big believer in this as well. And, you know, I've experienced both sides of this as well, where I was with good people and the results I was getting. And then when I was with bad people and the results I was getting, and I'm a big, big believer in that. And also you mentioned about social media as well, that your social media is an environment as well, because if you think about it, we spend nearly half our life probably on our phone, you know. So what you look at every day is uh, has a big impact on you as well. It's like, you know, just say, for instance, the news and stuff at the moment, um, you know, it's all negative and and I think we're like a sponge and all that kind of um, talk that they're talking about on the news and stuff like that. I think we're like a sponge and we soak all that into our body and then we, we create that energy around us, which is negative because that's all we've been listened to as well. And I, I don't think like people understand that um, as much as well and the impact it actually has on you I, I'm sure probably you know you're aware of what's going on now but you don't you don't listen to it every day because I'm sure you probably listen to more positive stuff that will brighten up your day and, and make you like motivate and stuff as well yeah you know you hit the nail on the head there I think people should look at their time as like I suppose currency you know what you spend your time listening to, you know, what you pay attention to. It's like money, you know, and you only have a certain amount of it every day. So if you're looking at, you know, negative things on social media and then you listen to the news and, you know, sad stories sell, uh, unfortunately, in our world. And it's just constantly, you know, a constant stream of information. And if that, if most of that is negative, then, you know, what you expect really um in your own thoughts you know it, it's going to influence it no matter how much you say it isn't or it is it's going to impact your own life and i suppose your own mindset so i completely agree with you there the environment um you have on even your phone and the shows you watch and the books you read the music you listen to and people you spend your time with benefit your life or sadly you know um i suppose negatively impact your life yeah definitely and you know even talking about that topic then because i know a lot of people are like yeah well you know it might be easy for you to say that you know find new friends or whatever it is like you know but i suppose how you know if if you have people that you're around and you've spent so much time with them how do you kind of move on, I suppose? You know, I don't know if you've ever experienced this in your life where you had to move on. I know I did. Uh, but, you know, what advice would you give to people that kind of want, maybe have realised it now that these people are not bringing any joy or happiness or whatever it is into their life, but they're just, they've just been there so long with them that they don't kind of want to move on and leave them behind. I get what you're saying. And yeah, it's, it's difficult in some circumstances, you know, if it's a family member or, you know, very close friends or something. And I suppose what I'm saying, you know, go out and if your friend's negative, just turn your back on them and delete their number and block them on all social media and forget about them for the rest of their life. That's not what we're saying. But it's it's kind of 
try and um, influence them and encourage them to improve themselves, you know. And if they evolve, then you evolve and you're both helping each other. And it's, I suppose, it's touchy subject, this one. Um, without sounding too, I suppose, straight to the point, but trying to get the point across, either they grow with you or you will grow them, if you get what I'm saying. You know, it's, it, I understand it's tougher in a lot of um, situations, you know, if we say if your father or your mother is negative or whatever, it's it's going to be a lot harder. But I suppose just have that conscious decision in your mind and that thing in the back of your head where you're not going to accept what they're saying and you're not going to let it get to you. Um, obviously, it's easier said than done, but it's just those kind of things. Um, I, I'm not really sure how to give a broad statement on it, but I suppose just try and encourage other people to grow too and you'd be surprised how how beneficial that could be to other people's lives, you know. If you just tell them, Oh, let's go for a run or, you know, let's let's turn off the news today or do something like that, you're gonna improve the people around you too. And at the end of the day, if they're still going out and, you know, if they're bad influences or whatever are those the type of people that you want to be around for the rest of your life? No, are they, do they fit your future? And at some point, you're just going to have to make a decision. As, you know, harshly as that is, it's it's going to have to be made at some point in time. Yeah, definitely. And again, it goes back to the word decision, you know. And I suppose you kind of touched on that word a lot throughout this podcast as well. The decision to, you know, be disciplined. The decision to, I suppose, you know get your motivation up or something as well um but no definitely i totally agree with you like i know myself um i had to leave a lot of people behind because i knew that with those people i'm not going to get to where i want to be in life and that's just out of respect and you know they have their own path that they're going on and i have my own path that we're going on but there's also a lot of people that like you said there you know that I still keep in contact with but I wouldn't spend as much time with them because I know if I spend too much time with them I will begin to develop the mentality of them and I know that their mentality is a lot different to mine which is okay and I accept that but it's just like again like you were saying you want to kind of be around people that have I suppose the same vision as you and stuff and are moving in the same direction um with you and stuff as well but something I heard recently from a guy um and it was really good he says you want to be a three types of people in your life um the people that have more than you the people that are on the same level as you and the people that you're trying to lift up and I don't know what you think it is but I thought that was brilliant yeah it's quite good it's um it kind of sums it up doesn't it yeah um, definitely but then as you were saying there with the you still have their number and you still keep in touch again it's it's a small step it's like it's not eliminating them from your life it's simply like limiting i suppose the contact with them and limiting the exposure you know instead of being bombarded with them 24 7 if you just cut back a couple of hours that's a little bit more beneficial you know, if you cut back some more hours and eventually it's going to get to a point where even if you do spend like a lot of time with them, it's not going to impact you as much. You're not going to take that much on board. But, you know, 
as we said at the start, there's no point like going out there and not talking to them for a whole day and then spend the next six days with them. You know, it's if you can just do it gradually over time and just limit it to small steps and they'll lead to big things. Exactly, man, exactly. Um, I suppose that leads me to the last question of this podcast then because I think it's been brilliant, man. Um, what's your vision and where do you see yourself, I suppose, in the next, just say, five or ten years? Like, what's the big dream and what's next for you as well? Because I'm really excited to know um, about that as well, you know? Well, the next step is um, to go back to Los Angeles. You know, I was very fortunate to sign a managerial contract, which will allow me to move out there permanently and continue my journey to the top of the sport. So let's get out there as soon as possible when this virus situation um, comes to an end, which it gradually is, thank God. Um, get back into the swing of things, get fighting, get as many fights as soon as possible, and then start looking for belts. You know, I can't see any reason why in one or two years' time I won't have straps around me. Um, five, ten years' time, as you said, you know, I'll be pushing on in my career. I should be up there with the best of them and I'm you know that's my plan that's where I'm aiming um if you you know it's every boxer's dream to have a world title um I'd like to get one uh the world uh youth title the WBC youth title is for boxers on the age of 23 um so that's a kind of a short-term goal as well and then you know pushing on from that it's just a matter of progressing and things like that I think everyone's dream is to be a global brand. You know, I think that's if you think of long term goals, I think that's the yeah. the biggest one, isn't it? But yeah. it's just chasing that, you know. Setting small goals every step of the way and they're gonna add up over time and get you close to the bigger ones. Definitely. And I think the biggest thing as well is if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards as well. So I think, you know, all those little Small goals, I suppose, as you said, is all moving forward as well. And that's that's where you want to be going. Obviously, you're going to have your setbacks. But, you know, if you look at the at the bigger picture and stuff, you want to be always moving forward and stuff as well, you know. But um, thanks very much, man, for um, taking this call um, today. I really appreciate it. And I think it was a really good podcast. And I think we give a lot of information to people as well. And whether you're 19, 20 or 30, I think you can apply this information to your life. And as I always say on this podcast, you know, don't just listen to this information and go get inspired and motivated. Because remember, it's it's um it's a decision that you need to make as well to keep that motivation and keep everything going as well so thanks very much man for um coming on today and talking as well and i will see everyone in the next episode it's my pleasure man thank you